Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Oh, Rush Nation, before we get into today's show, here's a word from this week's partner. Hi, I'm Renee. Hello, I'm Simon, and together we're writing a very British guide to... American football! Our aim is to increase the number of fans of this exciting game with the ultimate goal of having a UK-based NFL team. Our beginner's guide is aimed at anyone you know who doesn't understand what all the fuss is about. Someone you would love to share your passion for the game with. It's going to be different, it's going to be quirky, and it's going to be fun. And it will be very British. Uh Uh-oh. Does that mean it will also be stuffy, uptight, and repressed? No. And it won't be over-emotional and loud like some Americans I know. Huh. No longer will friends and family say, I don't get it. Why do those sissies with helmets and pads keep stopping? Our guide will be full-color illustrated and cover the basics, such as rules and gameplay, but it will also discuss American football culture and differences to soccer and rugby, plus a glossary of terms and something super awesome. Yes, included will be a pull-out fun survival guide that they can take maybe to the stadium and be able to follow the game sufficiently after reading in about 10 minutes. So visit us on verybritishguide.co.uk, on Twitter at VeryBritishNFL, or Facebook by searching VeryBritishNFL. Take our survey on our website to be entered in a draw for a free copy of the book when it comes out next year. Thanks for listening. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Somebody tell me what day of the week it is, because I am so confused. It's Monday, believe it or not. I'm totally lost. My day is completely discombobulated, Rush Nation. Somehow we're recording on a Monday. Oh, I know why, because Nick is Olympic powerlifting again, and Murph is away on business, I think. Yeah. Okay, cool. Go find the podcast on your favourite podcast station, wherever you listen. We're there, coming at you in your ear holes in three forms of vocal, because Sparky, once again, is not here. And I spoke to him in the weekend, he hasn't even listened to the pod, so he hasn't heard any of our gripes or snipes at him, so I think we should go harder. (laughs) Although he's going to be here next week, because if he isn't, it's just going to be my voice. Well, we're only 24 hours away from the Lip Bell situation being... 100% 100% confirmed, so that would be the, probably the same with Sparky. Yeah, well, I'll know within 24 hours whether he's in next week or Oh, boys, how are we? Very good, very good, excellent. Yeah, good, mate. How about yourself? I, I'm tired again. <laughs> That's just, this is my life now, I think. Between uh, sorting out the podcast, looking after my boy and working in the awful conditions at work today, I'm pretty tired. But, as we said last week, football is life. How was your fantasy weekends? Fair the Midland. 
So I'm three and two with uh, a game with Nick on the line tonight. George Kittle versus eighteen and eighteen point four points. Sounds right. Yeah. In uh, in PPR, so it's a squeaker. It's We've got a squeaker. We'll give you an update next week on the outcome. So last week Nick went one and four. I think you you won your pandemonium league, but lost the other. Yeah, and this week I think it could be the same. But I'm in four that have come down to the line on the final night. So <laughs> you got a busy one tonight. Yeah, uh, one game I, I need OBJ to one, one league I need OBJ to score twenty two, which is a stretch, but not impossible. Um, but uh, another one is is harder. I think I've got like I think I've got, I can't. I think it's a defense versus like a pretty solid RB one. So <laughs> how have you got tough. four? How have you got four games that are on this game? There were four fantasy I, relevant players is, in this match tonight. Well, I think quite a few of them are ones where I've already scored the most that I can, and okay. my opponent has got. Because yeah, it's either going to be Barkley, OBJ, the Forty ers D, or Kittle, or Kittle, or maybe or Ingram at a stretch. Ingram, if you're really stretched, or uh, if they've gone for your shout last week and gone for uh, Nick Mullins, yeah, oh yeah, if you're playing Nick Mullins, <laughs> good luck. We want to hear about it. Please uh, send us some photographic evidence that someone out there has played Nick Mullins this week. That'd be uh, great. At Five Rush on Twitter, yeah, yeah. Rush, exactly that. Go find us on socials. This week we've got the news, waivers, Murph on the streets, winners and losers, standard Tuesday procedure. So without further ado, I don't know if I've missed anything. No. No. My fantasy weekend has been pretty terrible, thanks for asking. Well, I knew it was terrible, I wasn't bringing it up just to save you the embarrassment of admitting that to everybody who listens. <laughs> well, it's not, I beat Nick in Dynasty, so that's all that really matters. I mean, that but doesn't take much doing with my <laughs> Dynasty team. <laughs> but you lost to Sparky's 1-8 and eight Epsom League team. Yeah, but to be fair, you had Nick Chubb, and if anyone played Nick Chubb this week, you won. Maybe. No, true fact. True fact. I don't know. I bench Shady everywhere. <laughs> and you... All the leagues I benched him in, I won. <laughs> I just would have been more comfortable. I've got, yeah. got a uh, little update here from Sleeper. I don't know if it's relevant. Confirmed. Uh, Josh Adams is going to get more carries going forward. Hmm. That's great. If you picked him up after last week's waivers, well done listening to the show. Uh, right, moving on. News. Bengals have fired DC Terrell Austin after the loss to the Saints. It wasn't just the loss. Nick's boys absolutely chanced the Bengals 51-something. That's irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Thomas had another good day. So Alvin Kamara. Do you know who didn't have a good day? Joe Mixon. Well, other than Joe Mixon. Traquan Smith. No, he didn't. He was on nearly every single snap and didn't receive a single target. Not even... He didn't even get targeted. No. Wow. What's the point of that? What's going yeah, on? What coverage. is Sean Payton doing other than smashing up fire alarms? <laughs> well, beating teams by 50 points. Yeah, but that's no excuse to smash up their fire alarm. Well, so in case did, you don't know... Well, why did he do it? <laughs> apparently... Was this, this was in the dressing room. Yeah, so in the dressing room, apparently the fire alarm was going off or it was blinking or something before kickoff. And so, as a result, he has uh, ripped it off the wall and destroyed it and the Bengals weren't happy and have reported it to the police because it is actually a federal offence to destroy a... Uh, That's such a Sean Payton thing. Yeah, <laughs> destroy a fire alarm. It's not like here where you just get a misdemeanor. I think it's quite taken very seriously over Why didn't there. he just put the shabutton on it? <laughs> Rather than beat it to make it work. <laughs> Why is he that wound up before a game? Like, if he'd lost the game 45-0, yeah. I'd have gone, yeah, okay, you've just watched an absolute heller, but like, you've not even kicked off. <laughs> Maybe he was just <laughs> real pumped in the chessing room. Just... Accidentally flung. Well, something. Was it before or after the it's game? It's before the game. No. Well, I mean, I guess you can if you're if he's interrupting your team speech. I guess if you're trying to do your best any given Sunday at that point, and the fire alarm goes off, then <laughs> it's no good. Oh, oh. anyway, we're back to the Bengals. So yeah, they 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 fired uh, Terrell Austin, and it means Marvin Lewis is going to uh, take more plays and more control of the defense since that's his side of the ball. So I don't think they're going to replace him. Not sure if that's a good or bad thing. It's average. Average. It's an average thing. It's an Alex Smith thing. <laughs> yeah, average. It's just the Bengals, isn't it? They're five and four, and you know they'll potter on to eight and eight and seven and nine, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. No AJ Green either. No AJ Green for at least another week. <clears throat> we'll but, wait and see what happens with that. Let's hope he comes back soon because he's my main receiver in quite a few leagues. <laughs> I lost a few games this week, but no one cares about my fantasy teams. Yeah. Well, somebody. 
similar to me, Mark Davis, Raiders owner, won an eight record, and he says it's his fault. I like it how owners are able to say things like that, because it's like they're the one people who can't be fired. <laughs> that, that, that's what, that's what um, whoever the, uh, oh, what's his name, the owner of the, of the 49ers said, because there was a big calls for him to get fired, and he was like, my family owns the business. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah, I, I, it kind of depends. I, do you know what? I wouldn't have minded them going one and eight and, and declaring they were on full rebuild. When they came out and made really positive statements about this team that compete and Derek, quarterba- uh, Derek Carr's the quarterback I've wanted to coach my whole career and all this malarkey and making big, strong statements in the summer. It's just like the Giants. You've got to back it up with some wins. Like if they if they come out and said, "Look, we've got a new coach. We're committed to a long term plan. We're going to Vegas," and I, I know you really can't say you're in rebuild mode, but just tone it down. Just say, "Listen, we're going to go out there. We're going to do what we can." Then you trade Mac, which I a lot of people slam them for. I don't. I think it's a good move, and you think, "Okay, fine. That's your statement piece. We've decided by trading Mac, we're in rebuild. Players know. Everyone knows, and you build that culture." that, okay, we're building for the future, but then they're just making some really bizarre moves, and then there's been another departure today, hasn't there? Has there? I haven't seen it. Well, Jordy Nelson. Has. Oh, yeah, just retired. So Jordy Nelson's just retired from... Uh, it's not 100% official, but he was caught saying goodbye to the players after the game yesterday. Um, clearly, he's just had enough of that situation. <laughs> yeah, he's played enough football now to be able to walk away whenever he fancies, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Shane will be one of those players that will be considered... Very good. Yeah, when he was at Green Bay, he was a stud. But would you say he's Hall of Fame? I, I don't know if he gets in. No, I'm not sure. I don't think he did enough for me Yeah, to I'm get not... in. Considering what has been out there, what's currently out there, I don't think he has done enough in the last few years of decline. Yeah, no, I agree. We'll see what happens. I wonder if this makes Martavius Bryant any more fantasy relevant. Cause... Well, not now he's out with a PCL tear. Is he? Yeah. Didn't see that. So he's out with a PCL tear. I think that's this season done. Fucking uh yeah, can't name another Raiders wide receiver. Um Probably makes Jalen Richard pretty relevant. Yes. <laughs> Play your Jalen Richard. I can't think yeah. I don't know don't know how far they've gone in the depth chart. Maybe Trayton Cooper was not a good idea. Despite getting a first. Well, which trade, I think trade, trade, trade back for him, you know. Well give him two firsts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, moving on. The Steelers do not expect Sparky to play the season. According, to, I mean, sorry, Lev Bell to play the season. According to reports, we touched on this last week. Murph had a really good piece on it. Got anything else? No, it just really builds on what we say. So it doesn't look likely that uh, the Steelers will have anything else to do with him. There's no point transition tagging because no one's going to trade for him. No one's going to give up a first and a third. And the better part, I think the cap number is twenty five million. <laughs> so I don't think they're going to do that and run the risk because if they tag him and he doesn't trade they've got to pay him the money Yeah, yeah. and I think Bell would probably come out and play for 25 million so um, he might not I don't know but he's I already think... given up what 8? more than that yeah he's given up a lot of money this year so I think it depends I think it's it's interesting that the tweets that have come out saying that he can't believe people would walk away from the sport they love for a year which he wrote about 5 years ago but I think it's a difficult situation for him he sees all these all these players getting money like Gurley. He knows he should be getting that sort of money. I don't begrudge him. It's a very different culture to here in the UK with Premier Leagues and soccer and all of that. So, um, yeah, I, I just think this is done now. He'll sit out the rest of the year. I mean, we could get a last-minute turnaround. It doesn't. It's official tomorrow. So if by tomorrow he's not reported and signed his tag, then that's it. Then he's out. He, he cannot play for the rest of the season. And then that would be the end of it. And then I expect him to leave and hit free agency market. And I'm sure there's half a dozen teams that will pay a lot of money for him and and fancy their chances. And then it will just be, it will be an auction. I don't think he cares where he goes. The worst thing about this fantasy-wise is if you took him number one overall in some leagues, you can't drop him. He's locked. Wow. Yeah. In ESPN, if you took Bell number one like I did in several leagues, you can't drop him. That's mad. Really? Yeah, and I can't trade him now. Cause Is that from a particular week, or just because he was the number one pick? I think in some, I know in some ESPN leagues it's from first pick. In some, it's second pick. So you're you can only trade your stud players, and I think that is to stop teams 
from giving up midway through, dropping them to the waivers and allowing somebody to pick them up. I just think it, it's a, they should make some form of adjustment this season for dropping Lev Bell. Yeah, because it's such an unusual situation. And you've already been going to do in my Dynasty enough, League now? Because I've got him in Dynasty. So does that mean I can finally put him on IR? Because he's been taking a roster spot. Yeah, but he won't, he's not on the IR. But if he's out for the season, then can't be used. Well, if he's designated out, then yeah. But he is, because he's, he's not away from the team on his own cause. Yeah. He is now he cannot officially play with the team. Yeah, I mean, I know he's out, designated out, but he's designated out, but he has to be designated out on the app for you to be able to slide him in. Yeah, so I'm hoping now, because he he effectively is not an eligible NFL player as of tomorrow. So I'm hoping I can put him on IR sign somebody else for the rest of the season because that has been annoying because I've been able to put him on IR about three times and then they've changed his designation each time on Sleeper and we'll can't. <laughs> now I can't anymore uh, I feel like you've been punished enough if you took Love Bell first without, without being able to yeah tell me about it I traded for him <laughs> yeah you did I traded for him in Dynasty but then I traded for Connor so all good it's <laughs> <laughs> not Voldemort that trade he shall not be mentioned <clears throat> Um, sorry guys, I'd just like to apologise for my voice this evening. I'm drinking a beer called Hiver by I don't know who, the honey beer, and it is wrecking my throat. <laughs> is it the beer? I just put you the cold. No, it's the beer. It's like drying me out like a, a camel's backpack. Do you know what? We haven't had beer chat for a while on here. We haven't, and we've, it's 15 minutes in and I've just mentioned my beer. But yeah, it's just doing awful things to my throat. I feel like I need a lozenge, uh, what they call a locket chaser or something. Do you want some Ringwood Brewery Boondoggle? No. It's deliciously fruity craft blonde ale. And is it deliciously fruity? No. Oh. It's it's a nice blonde Tastes ale. Like beer. Yeah. No, it's, I can't get the fruit notes in it. Maybe you need to do the swilling <laughs> thing and that's exactly gonna be that. terrible for everybody else. <laughs> let's, let's not do that. Okay, anyway, yeah, so moving on. Oh Nick. Des Bryant, sign for the New Orleans Saints like we talked about last week. Yeah, Before you yeah. do this, I have to issue an apology. Guys, Guys, every week for you two get into some... No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's an apology to everyone because I, I said, said on here last one. week there was absolutely no way that they would sign Des Bryant. I and just thought no one's going to be stupid enough to, to sign a player that's been on the shelf for that long, especially one that hasn't produced But you, you were kind of vindicated when he tore his Achilles. Oh, yeah, no, that, that was Universe telling me that I'm great. I'm just saying that... <laughs> You know, I just cannot Tec- believe. <laughs> I just can't believe. I have to issue the apology because I said no one would be silly enough to do it. They did. They paid the price. Mm. In the end, you're right and vindicated. But I have to apologise because I didn't think anyone would do it, especially the Saints. Yeah. Uh, but they did. They did, yeah. Um, and now they have five wide receivers on uh, IR. Uh, Bryant, Meredith, Ginn, Lewis, and, uh, Tommy Lee Lewis and uh, Dural. And they've just signed Brandon Marshall. Have they? Yes. Have that actually happened? Yeah. That's what oh, it was yeah. going to. Oh, that's exactly. So that's irrelevant. And he's never been to the playoffs. It's like a chararity auction, this. <laughs> Here well, we go. Never been chance. to the playoffs. Come join us. Guys, guys. No like more of this. And, and win a Super Bowl. It'd be great. <laughs> I would just like to interject here. Every, anybody who knows Murph knows that he's got his ear to the ground on absolutely everything and tells me the news before most people in the NFL happen. I told him that Des Bryant got an Achilles injury, so when he says it was the universe telling him it was great, he means me. I would told him that he was right. Yeah, and, and I really appreciate it. It was one of my uh, more lovely texts to receive on a Friday afternoon <laughs> or whenever it was. You can't, you can't whoop and holler at somebody's injury. I'm not, no, I think injuries, people losing their jobs, it's incredibly sad. And, and, and listen, I haven't got anything personal against the guy. I'm just saying, this: if you're going to sign someone that has been on the shelf for eight, nine months, and you try and get them game ready within four days, this is what happens. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, but then he was uh, being considered one of the guys on the field. Yeah. No. Murph is not pleased about this <laughs> celebration that what, the Saints What is it with New Orleans? You First of all, you're giving away certificates and book tokens to Drew Brees every time he does something, you know, like getting the most certificates in the year or you know such a great guy though oh he's, he's a stand-up guy love his videos and all of that that we've been there but listen 
He was on the team for 36 hours longer than I was. So I have, a, I have a different theory about this, which is actually that they'd scored so many points that they'd run out of celebrations to do. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if that's the case, if someone at the New Orleans Saints could get in touch, I've got absolutely hundreds of ideas that they can do. Oh, somebody tweet Murph, just tweet someone at the... Tell them to listen to our podcast, and we have got celebration ideas. We've, we've got hundreds, and listen, some of them won't be great, I admit that, but... They're better than the Des Bryant X. I mean, we're talking about you're celebrating or showing respect to a guy who has been on your team God, for so little amount of time. Yeah. I mean, in fairness to the Saints, though, they didn't know that we had all these options. Otherwise, I'm sure they would have come knocking. That might be it. But the game was longer away than when he got injured and for the time he was signed. So he's like, he's been out of the team longer than he was with the team by the time the celebration happened. This is ludicrous. I tell you what, I tend I'm going to gonna try and turn up to the Saints uh, practice facility at some point. If I could just get one snap on the field, even if I drop it, does that mean that I'll get my own signature celebration? Because I've got loads and like, I'll come up with something really special. Give it a crack, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Murph, Will Lutz is quite a good kicker, so I'm not sure you've got that gig. I'll play anywhere. Okay. <laughs> Murph is available. I'm not picky. I'm not picky. I'll play anywhere. Long snapper, linebacker. I'll tell you what. Play him on an on, on offensive line because I sent him a tweet about Khalil Mack destroying the uh, who do they play? The Lions. Yeah. He ran through two people like he was going through four year olds. I text Murph saying he'd break me, and Murph replied, "I'd destroy him." So play him on the O line when you play Khalil Mack because I want to see that happen. Moving on to a slightly sadder injury, Cooper Cup has torn his ACL and is out for the rest of the season, at least. Shocker, because he's one of the mainstays in the Rams' offence, and he's owned everywhere and has helped people massively in this fantasy season. So, Cooper, get well soon. It was off the off the ball, it was a non-contact injury, so that's really sad. When, when those happen, I, I knew immediately as soon as I saw it that that's it. Uh, real real shame, and uh, top top guy as well. Yeah. Always really good with the media and sharing lots out. So, um, yeah, real shame. Ah, Dion Lewis has blasted the Patriots and called them cheap after the Titans smashed the Patriots 34-10. I know nothing about this. Why has he come out and blasted them? Because he was there last season. And he's just given them grief because they beat him. Well, that and because they wouldn't pay him. They just shipped him off. Fair. So Yeah, he said something like... uh... Uh, damn right, it's not personal. Damn right, it's personal. Yeah. It? On I don't know. I think that's exactly what Belichick wants. I think he says he's got to him. Okay, you've won the regular season battle. Let's see what happens in December or January when you fire them up. Mm. If the Titans get there, yeah, great result for the Titans. Though. Great result. Oh yeah, Brilliant. wasn't just a squeak either. They made them look average. Yeah, they did. I don't know what happened. My uh, boy Corey Davis went off. That's what happened. But uh, we'll get to that later. It's turned up at last. Yeah, he has. Well done. Uh, Murph, you can do this next one. It's about the Bucks. Yeah, so um, Dirk Cutter was asked the question, did you know um, who was calling the plays today? And he said, I did. Why have you taken the plays away from offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, who up until this point was averaging 29 points a game? I had my own reasons, was his point. This is a man that is finished in the NFL, uh, at least as a head coach. We will have to endure seven more weeks of Dirk. He won't, he won't be fired at... You know, there's some reports today saying he's going. He's, there's no way he's going. Uh, Glaciers just don't do that. They'll always give the coach to the end of the season. Um, it's just how they do things. So, terrible result yesterday. 500 yards of offense, three points. 29 first downs, three points. It's not good enough. And uh, Dirk Cutter is finished in the NFL as a head coach. And I'd probably say Fitzpatrick is as well. That that, that mm. little spark that was keeping everyone going has, has burned out. Yeah. I think Betsy Winston back next week. <clears throat> Yeah, the Bucks also ruined my points scored in every single quarter of the 6pm games yesterday. They were the only match not to score in the third quarter, or any quarter, really. Yeah. Was there a chance of points in the third quarter? Actually, don't yeah. tell me. Don't tell me, I don't want to know. Can't kick Cazaro, missed another field goal. <sighs> Just two. Just two missed yesterday. Uh, Nick, this one is about your New Orleans Saints. Would you like to take it? Uh, sure. Uh, Drew Brees passes Brett Favre for second most touchdowns all time by a quarterback. Uh, now 30 behind Peyton Manning's re- all-time record of 539. If he carries on, he's going to get that. Worth noting. If he played um, next season, he definitely will. No certificate yesterday because he was on the road, so <laughs> that will be delayed until next Sunday. Yeah, I'm sure they'll take some time out for that. <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> oh, 
Old man Larry Fitz has become second in all-time receiving yards after a 60-yard performance in Sunday's 26-14 loss to the Chiefs. Now, unfortunately, he's never, ever, 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 ever going to catch Jerry Rice because he's 6,000 yards behind and Fitz can't play that long. I've got an interesting stat later on about how long that would take with his average yards per game for him to get there. Love that. Love that. If there's any reason to stay till the end of this podcast, that would be it. Exactly. Oh, no, no, there's, there's a better one. I'm going to make punters relevant. Oh, Murph on the streets this week is going to be absolute fire. Um, yeah, so the Chiefs have lost their first coin toss of the season. This is a bit of a nonsense stat, but Murph Smiling loves it. They won the first nine coin tosses of the season and 12 straight, including the preseason, which, if you put a quid on it, would have made you £4,096 in yeah. cookies. James James Palmer, who's an NFL analyst, um, he tweeted this out and has interviewed Patrick Mahomes. He said it's one of the more nerve-wracking things he has to do on Sundays <laughs> to keep the streak going. It's like a no-hitter that nobody mentions or talks about or wants to jinx, and then James Palmer did. And uh, we kindly tweeted him back and said, as a result of this, you know the streak is gone, and it has gone. So uh, those that follow us on Twitter would have known this was broken about five days ago, but... You know, this happens. <laughs> so yeah, no. I, listen, I just think it's. I just like quirky little things that, that happen. Quite a stat as well. I yeah. don't think it's one in four thousand and ninety-six. I think it's one in five hundred and twelve. But I might be wrong. Twelve times in a row. Twelve times. Oh, sorry, I thought it was nine times. In yeah, yeah. Right, sorry. Yeah, no, that's right. Wow, we almost Nick, our statistician, almost blew almost. up. Almost, almost. He corrects himself. It's fine. This this might be one of my favourite bits of news for the week, I'll be honest. Well, you take it then, Squire. So, um, Jared Goff, in yesterday's game, used uh, Halle Berry as an audible call, which, as a result, and shout out to Halle Berry for being a supporter of the NFL, um, she tweeted back a response, hold up Jared Goff, um, Rams NFL, what is, ha- <laughs> what is a Halle Berry? He responded with, it's my favourite play. <laughs> Lad. So there is definite <laughs> romance going on between... Well, there's not. I'm just trying to stir it up <laughs> between Halle Berry and Jared Goff. So if anyone in the LA region starts seeing them out together, then uh, it all started with this tweet. So He lives in the right city, doesn't he? So I just love that. I just think awesome that for an audible call to, to use Halle Berry. But they use loads of people's names, don't they? I, yeah, I mean, they do a few. I've never heard anyone as cool as Halle Berry. Yeah, there's loads. If you Google Jared Goff and Sean McVay, because they had a conversation about it, and they wouldn't tell anyone what any I've of it I've not heard this. Yeah. They use loads of celebrities' names for play calls, but they won't tell anybody what any of obviously what any of them means. But there's so many, so many. It's on YouTube. The video of them doing it. It's really funny. I'm gonna have to share that out. Chiefs and Rams. This is set to be an absolute belter, and Vegas have got it as the biggest over under since the year I was born in 1986. Wow, it's been opened at 64 over under 64. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it's a real damp squib down in Mexico. Well, that's the problem. It's in Mexico, so. If it stays at 60, I can't imagine it staying at 64. Do games in Mexico tend to be like London games where one team's a blowout? Typically, but normally it's because it's never a great game. I mean, the Patriots were there last year, I think. They played the Raiders last year. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, but that's two. That's a good team and a bad team. Yeah. Whereas now you've got two absolute... I don't, I don't think we've ever had this situation. I wouldn't put any form book of Mexico City, but it is going to be hot. Um, based, Mind you, they're both in hot territories. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I uh, look outside, forward to though, it. Isn't it on a Monday night? It's what Monday night football. So is that even later for us? Uh, I think it's the same time zone. Okay. So we've got a few injuries that we need to track from last weekend. Julian Edelman had his ankle, but he's on bye, expected to recover for the game after. Cooper Cup, as we mentioned earlier, torn a suspected torn ACL. Martavius Bryant torn PCL. Marvin Jones Jr. had a knee injury. Don't he went know. out in the fourth quarter. Do not know. This is the problem with Monday. We don't have as much information as we might have on a Tuesday, especially a Wednesday. So we do not know at this stage um, if Marvin Jones Jr.'s knee injury is serious. The game was pretty much done, which doesn't give us any indication if he you know, was going to come back or not because they wouldn't have risked it anyway. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the next one I've never heard of. Is that supposed to be Jakeem Grant? It is, it's a typo. Okay. Jaheen, as Murph has typoed, is carted off with a knee injury. Don't yeah, know the extent it looked, of that. It looked reasonably serious. I don't know. I wouldn't have said it was a tear, but again, nothing has come out yet. So, the put again, you're talking about less than 24 hours yeah. after the game, so we're not sure yet Monday what any of these are. suck. Devontae Parker, injured his shoulder, he's got a bye to get over it. 
pretty irrelevant because he's been absolutely useless. Listen, he had one great game and it was the game that we called he'd have a great game, so we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, AJ Green maybe missed another week with his foot injury. Gronk got... Well, he didn't play this weekend again with his back, but he's on bye. Um, I don't think he comes back next year. I think this is it. You think... Oh, crikey. Nick, get rid of him in Dynasty. I will do. I, don't, I just don't... I don't see him coming back. I just, you know, if it was any other part of your body, minus your head and... Maybe a couple of other parts. I'd say you know your back is the one that you're never going to fix. It will never get to the point where it, it will only ever get worse as he gets older. He's got nothing to prove in in the sport. No. He was questionable whether he's going to come back this year. I doubt he plays beyond this year. If he does, I reckon he one year tops. I don't think he is around much longer. So this next one is crazy exciting. If you are my fans and Murphy's shaking his head because you all know we're talking about Lamar Jackson. I can't wait to see him. Joe Flacco has got a hip injury and by all accounts early Monday morning is going to miss week 11. So we'll speak about my boy <laughs> Lamar Jackson in a little bit. Um, yeah, so Darnold, foot injury on bye. They need to start him. I know they want to rest him for the rest of the season and let him practice and stuff, but Josh McCowan was terrible. I don't think it matters. They're better with Darnold. They could just sign Mark Sanchez. Hashtag sign Mark Sanchez. (laughs) James Conner, concussion protocol now. I don't know how bad the hit was. It was bad here. It's looking more likely that the one... There's no positives in this, but the fact it was a Thursday night game and not a Sunday night game gives him more time to recover, so... Um, all signs at this stage suggest that he's looking on on course to to play to play and get there. Good. And then Pierre Garçon knee injury. He's got a bye week. I don't know how bad that was either. I didn't see it. Um, only because he went out last week, and I can't remember the play. But um, you know, he's been struggling with it. He, I mean, he's not in tonight, so I guess it's just something to watch. I can't imagine how many Pierre Carson owners there are out there, but if you are, then you know, keep an eye on it. Right, boys. I've got a wicked cannon stat. When do you want it? Now or later? Now. Okay. So, as you are well aware, I've got a saying, and it's fire the cannons. It's not mine, but because Murph is a Bucks fan, I like to say it whenever, whenever he talks about any Buccaneer, just because I think it's a hoot. Listened to a college podcast this week. I don't know if you know this or not. But Central Michigan are called the Chippewas. Do you know that? The, Didn't know that. The Central no. Michigan Chippewas. Every time they score, they fire a cannon. So I think I may adapt, adapt, adopt Sorry, the Central Michigan Chippewas as my college team just because of that. You do realise the Buccaneers fire cannons? Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. But um, this links into why, we <laughs> I say, like why I say it. So that's going to be your new team? Yeah, I don't know if they're any good or not. No, they're not. Oh. Well, they've lost lots recently. What what conference are they playing? Uh, MAC West. Okay. Is that bad? It's all right. Okay. It, it's all right in the sense of if you disclude Big Ten, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the ACC, the SEC. So it's bad, isn't it? Really? <laughs> well, it's, it's middle of the road. Okay, right. Central Michigan Chippewas. If I've said that wrong, come at me. If not, come at me for supporting your boys. Well, I tell you what, we'll follow the official Twitter account. And we will send them a link to the podcast saying that you are a new sponsor and fan and lover. And we'll see what we get. Fire the ca- hashtag fire the cannons. That's got to be their hashtag. I don't think it is. It's got to be. <laughs> we'll just hashtag it anyway. We'll, we'll, we'll work something again. <laughs> Go Chippewas. And if we're really lucky, we might even give you some updated scores for the rest of the college season. There's only a week left for them, I reckon. Yeah. Doubt they're going to make a bowl game. I think in the off season we need to do a college football explanation podcast because that's something that I, I would find really interesting me too uh, so we'll, that we we'll, we'll work do. on that and we might have some very interesting news to share with you all shortly not today uh, about the upcoming NFL draft Excellent. so Murph keeping us on center hooks yes so to be shared soon hopefully right sports fans it's got to that time it's your weekly waiver wire Murphs is in front of me. Big Dog, what have you got at quarterback? Um, thin wire, really, considering the streaming options. But um, I can't believe I've done this, but Marcus Mariota, for me, looks to be the the pick of the punch. He's 31% owned. He is off the back of two brilliant games, uh, has to be said. He absolutely destroyed the Patriots yesterday. Yes, sir. So he started the season with a really unusual injury where he couldn't feel his fingers. It was a nerve. It was a nerve injury, and 
Um, clearly, he seems to have shaken that off now, and he's back to maybe better than he ever has been. I don't think I've ever seen two Marcus Mariota games back-to-back that have been as good as the two that he's put together. So, uh, has the Colts next. So, we know they're probably a sneaky good D, but uh, his last two fantasy outings in standard scoring formats are 24.8 and 23.32. So, if you have one of the six teams on bye this week, or if you have, say, so Ryan, Fitzpa- uh, Ryan Fitzmagic, and he is probably not going to get the start, I would we'll, you know, stay tuned to your sets for that one, then he is a worthy pickup option. Agreed. I also had him. I've done two. I uh, would like to point out that I was working in the absolute hammering rain today, so I had to keep taking cover to write my waivers list, and in the time it took me to do it, Murph came in and sniped loads of my waiver picks. Just but as they're, they're good. As, as we like to do, first come, first serve. So my quarterback this week is Dak Prescott. Now... <laughs> He's not the most reliable to stream. I don't like it. He's very up and down. But he does take on the Falcons and they cannot defend for Toffee. I don't think it's a bad pick. He, again, when you're sort of you're looking at the league now, and for me, you've got players on there you might find like Stafford who has been awful and he's not the Stafford of all. People see the name and get blinded. You have to look for consistency and Dak has been consistently average. Mm-hmm. But his floor is quite low, or his, his floor's not that low, and you know he's never going to be a thirty-point wonder. But you know they looked good last night, and he did a good job, and he'll get you rushing yards, which I think that's a key with both these quarterbacks. They're both able to run and extend plays, and don't forget something like ten or twenty rushing yards is like an extra fifty, sixty air yards yeah. in fantasy scoring. So it's worth. It's worth looking at these sorts of players. He's he's steadily consistent, and they are playing for their jobs, especially him. So yeah. he's averaged twenty four point six in the last four games in PPR. Yeah. So not a bad shout. No. Nick, do you have a quarterback? Um, so I've got two. Well, I've got the Ravens QBs. I think whether it's Jackson or Flacco, whoever comes up, I think that's a decent shout. Oh, I missed him. You, I, I missed yeah, my boy Lamar Jackson. I, I was going to say I agreed with you because I saw you had him, but you didn't. You didn't. You didn't give it. I got blind. Um, I got blinded. Uh, well. Do you want to go Jamak Jackson then? Tell us why you like Jackson. Because I own him everywhere and Murph doesn't like him, so I want him to exceed. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot throw a regulation size Do- football. Doesn't need to. He's only 7% owned, so he's out there. And if you are at a pinch... This is, this is how little I rate him as a QB for this season. I would take Blake... Bortle. Boring Blake Bortle. Well, that's an, an interesting because my next waiver no. QB, and I know that they've been uh, other people have trashed him on this podcast. I have not, and uh, last week I was proven correct uh, when he's threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and no picks. In garbage um, time. They were 29 nil down. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I just called uh, a touchdown out there. When the, the, next week he's got Pittsburgh, who he absolutely destroyed in last uh, year's uh, divisional playoffs. Um, so, so why not take a punt on on Bortles this why week? Why not? I could, I'm not going to delay the podcast any longer. I can give you many reasons why not, but fair play. What well, I mean, if you yeah. had to pick one, Bortles or Jackson? Who are you picking? I'd pick Bortles. Do you know exactly. who I'd pick over both of them? No, you can't. That was the Eli end. Manning. Oh dear. <laughs> That is who I would pick over both of them. I think this is a situation where we have to put this to the test. Next week, we will have a special section on Bortles versus Manning versus Jackson. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll do it right now. If Jackson plays and plays the whole game, yeah. the player of Manning, Jackson or Bortles, whoever scores the least fancy points... I think Manning's on bye. No, they've had their bye. Oh, no, we're playing them next week. Yeah, OK. Oh, no. We'll go with that. This this week, okay, yeah, damn it. <laughs> Murph's already okay. in the league because he's I've taking. I've got Bortles. Nick's got taking Bortles. I've got Manning. Murph's got Manning, and I'm taking Jackson. If what? Jackson plays the whole game, three quarters. Okay, three quarters. Loser. That's relevant enough. Yeah, yeah. Loser buys the beer. Done for next week. Actually, Nick's not here. Neither's Murph. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we're reunited again, in absence, we will Amazon Prime you some beer. No, no, I want you to be here for when. Okay, you next drink next time we are a triumvirate. Okay, like so Jackson, Bortles, and Manning. Yeah, lowest scorer has to buy. Week the eleven. Uh, definitely a Twitter poll here as well. Yeah, sure. Moving on. Yeah, running never backs. wanted running back. Manning to do so well in my life. <laughs> Actually, I really hope he loses. That'd be better. Uh, yeah, it would be better for you. Frank Gore. I've got Frank Gore at running back. He's twenty-seven percent owned. It's an absolute shocker of a pick, but he appears to be. He's he's the number one there now. 
He's outcurried Drake 13 to 8 for the last two weeks, and he's not been bad. So if you need a flex, stick him in. That's all I've got. He's Mr. Average. It's so thin out there on, on running backs. I mean, we, we've produced quite a few on here. Hopefully you've been taking the Mike Davises and you know the, the other running backs that we've produced over the last few weeks that we've been saying you've got to get on. But it is, it is a thin out there. There's not much from a running back market. If you haven't been taking running backs in waivers and you've got loads of fab budget left, you're kind of done. <laughs> because yeah. they, I can't see anyone coming through in the next week or two that hasn't already no you know you might find a Jalen Rashad or a Doug Martin out there maybe but or Josh Adams or Josh Adams because he's going to get more carries but or yeah that's it that is it I mean I've got I've got Rashad Penny which kind of says it all so even though I've been saying about Mike Davis he did get 100 yards of rushing over the weekend and uh, Carson is not going to make it back for the short week so um, the Packers don't have the best run defense. It's not bad, but I definitely see them, and especially with the Seahawks at the moment. If you've been watching uh, the pass yards of Russell Wilson, it's not been huge. So they are running a lot on the ball, yep. um, and pounding that rock as much as they can. So I think Penny is, for me, about as good as anybody there is out there this week. Nick? Yeah, I've got uh, another one which is very... Uh, it's only 1% owned, Jalen Samuels. Um, very much dependent on whether or not Connor clears concussion protocol and assuming Bell is still out. Um, I believe, uh, and I'm not entirely sure of this, but I believe that on certain leagues, particularly Yahoo, he can, he's actually designated as a running back slash tight end. Yeah, he is. So if you can start a Steelers starting t- uh, running back in your tight end spot, that's pretty nice. I'm doing that. Uh, I'm going to get him because I'm in own. two Yahoos. <laughs> My team is terrible. Um, so that, that that's worth doing. Um but uh, yeah, uh, I think if if those Connor and, and, and Bell plays into Samuel's favour, then uh, so at only one percent owned, I'm sure you can get him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can get him too. Where are you at for wideouts, Nick? Uh, wide receivers, I've got Anthony Miller, uh, who's thirteen percent owned. Uh, he caught five of six targets uh, in the uh, when, when the Bears beat the Lions on on Sunday, uh, which is his second score in. The, Second to decent score in three weeks, um, and uh, with Mitchell Trubisky's uh, and the Bears' offense starting to work pretty well, I think he uh, could be a pretty exciting ad this week. Uh, the other one I have is another long shot is Zay Jones. Uh, also had a breakout week. Um, the, he's going into a buy, so he's one to stash, uh, but he's got 93 yards and eight receptions, uh, and then he comes back against the Jags, the Miami, and then the Jets. Uh, but he led the team by miles in terms of targets this week. I don't know how, how much of that was a fluke, but I think he had like two or three times as many as anyone else. Um, so if you have a spare spare roster spot um, and uh, you need a, a Hail Mary, um, another possibility. I wonder if that's dependent on who plays at quarterback, because obviously Barkley started this week at quarterback for the Bills. And... Yeah, I think that's massive. Yeah, that, that, That's what you've got to watch out for, but hopefully now they'll just give it a go and just... Uh, the one thing you got to say with the Bills is they've always been trying. Mm-hmm. Of of those sort of group of teams at the bottom there, they're for ones that you can see are putting the effort in. They are playing for the coach, so I think it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Quite a few players had breakouts this week, so that'd be interesting. I also had Anthony Miller I had him last week. He was uh, huge for me in a regular scoring league. It was eighteen point six. I think he got in NFL. So. Um, he is a permanent fixture in this offense now. Uh, even I mean, Robinson went off, but you know I'm more than happy with picking up a waiver wire pick and him delivering 18.6 in my flex. So yeah, uh, big big part to come in. Uh, I really like Josh Reynolds. So he's two percent owned. So now Cup is out. He's going to be the slot man. Yep. We know in that offense, anyone's in there. So <laughs> it's a niche pickup, um, but one that I think will pay off. Uh, Maurice Harris, I said last week, he's now up to 10 percent owned. In the ESPN leagues, down from what well, was zero point one percent last week, so yeah. huge uptake. He also led the uh, skins in targets and yards. So even though it wasn't a huge day of production, he still got five fifty two. Okay, no touch, but it was kind of one of those weird games where they didn't have much on offense. I'd expect him to do more next week, especially now they got a two game lead in the East. I'd fancy him to go ahead and finish and wrap up the division now so uh, he's a bit shout and John Ross is my other one ah, I also have John Ross which is why I was segwaying 
Thanks very much. John Ross, 22% owned. He was targeted on a short two-yard red zone target, which turned into a touchdown, which is quite big for a man they consider to be a speed merchant for them to be using him in the red zone. He is interesting with AJ Green out as well. He's got a tough matchup against the Ravens this week, but John Ross has got the speed to burn absolutely anybody at cornerback. And the Bengals can't defend, so if they find themselves down big against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, then... John Ross might be down the field asking Andy Dalton to throw long. Obviously, it's a very speculative ad, and if you're adding people for the ceiling at this time of the season, then you're struggling mid, mid-match mid and need people like that. DJ Moore I've got as well. He's 34% owned, which I can't believe isn't higher, but he's continuing to be utilised in the offence, and I think is going to overtake Funches as the one before the end of the season. Oh, totally. It's just the only problem is... It's all running through C-Mac yeah. right now. That's the only issue there. But yeah, I like him. He's definitely going to get red zone targets and he's a good uh, breakaway yards after the catch guy as well. Yeah, and they take on the Lions and Darius Slay is probably not going to make the game. So without their star cornerback, DJ Moore could feast. And then I've got D-Day, D.D. Westbrook. He's 34% owned as well. If Moncrief's there, take him instead because he's a PPR beast. We mentioned him last week. But definitely. Westbrook... He's taking on the Steelers, and the Jags are going to need to score points, and in order to do so, they'll have to throw the ball. So Westbrook is not a shocking add. Tight end. Now, for the first week in a while, I've not added the Jets tight end because I've said it enough. Go and get my boy Chris Herndon. I've gone for Nick Vanette. He's only 1% owned, and (laughs) although Ed Dixon was flashing the pan good last week, Nick Vanette has scored twice in two weeks now, and I think has taken over as the TE1 and they're not really throwing the ball, so for him to catch a touchdown and score you 10 points, as we keep saying, all you need from a streaming tight end. Yeah, definitely. I've gone for Ricky Seals-Jones, so he's still only 17% owned, but Byron Lefwich got that offense sort of moving. Uh, they kept that game relatively close against the Chiefs. Yeah, man. We've watched teams get completely obliterated, but I think the cards were pretty good, to be honest, yeah, for was the most part. Encouraging with uh, DJ having a great game for the first time this season um, and uh, yeah some, some signs of light I've, yeah. got, I've got Ricky Seal Jones to it I don't know. so he got targeted uh, nine times in week 10 for, and he caught five for 51 so okay not quite where you need him to be but you're looking at one touch or a couple more receptions would have got him in that sort of eight to ten points that you're kind of looking for so definitely there's uh, if you've got like your Gronkowskis and uh, they're on bye, and you need to pick someone up. He is who I would go for. For sure. DSTs, who we got, chaps? I've gone for the cards. So, why? Because they play Raiders. Okay. <laughs> can't remember, I can't remember the last time Raiders scored a touchdown. And they just conceded that few points to the Chiefs. So. Yeah, I mean, conceded 30-odd doesn't seem like quite a feat, but with what Kansas City have done to teams, mm. yeah. I think it's a, it's a phenomenal achievement. I think they're going to have more of the ball. Rosen looks more comfortable. They've got DJ working. They've got Kurt. They've got offensive weapons to really take time off the ball. Yeah, they have. And I think they're just going to have 34, 35 minutes of the possession in the game. And I think when that happens, the Raiders just are going to be boom or bust. And Derek Carr just looks like a broken man out there. Do you blame him? Well, did you see that fourth down? No. So it was a fourth down play. And he was looking around, couldn't see anything. He just literally threw the ball into the turf. It's like it's fourth down. Like... If you're throwing it for the end zone, even if you get picked off, the field position is better than just giving up the play where you are. Just spiking it. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So I think they're a team that just in disarray. I've also gone for the Titans. So might not be the best matchup next week, but if you're, say, with the Jags D, or you've taken one of those Ds that haven't really performed, you're looking at the Vikings schedule, don't really like it, nope. and you're really sort of thinking, I need to bring something else in. I quite like the Titans because... They've got a really sneaky good D. They kept the Patriots to 10 points, which is amazing. So they've got Indy next, which could be quite tough. You've got Houston, and they love giving up a sack in Houston. You see your boy Watson is going to eat dirt, and then they finish with the Jets. I mean, that's a really tasty yeah. three-run schedule to get you to the playoffs to have a rethink. So I like the Titans DST, 9% owned, worth a, a long, longer-term stream if you're struggling with your Jags and your Vikings Ds. Yeah, we just mm. mentioned the Texans giving up sacks. Nick, who's your DST? Uh, I've got the uh, the Redskins uh, up against the Texans next, and then Dallas, and then Philadelphia. Um, 
37% owned. Seems like a decent option. They concede, only conceded uh, three against uh, the Bucks obviously last week. Yeah, they've been a great um, pickup. We we shouted them a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they've mm. really taken off since then. So, got a few messages of thanks for uh, the Redskins and glad people have stuck with them and they've been happy. Yeah, they take on a Texans team in which Watson has thrown seven picks and he's been sacked thirty times this season. So. Go fire up your Redskins. I also had the Redskins, but I've got the Colts. We've mentioned that they're sneaky good and they're still only 32% owned. They take on a Titans team that allows sacks in bunches. And the Colts, they're good. Their D is good. Andrew Luck has got them absolutely roasting at the moment. So the Titans are going to need to score points. And I think the Colts will stop them. That's it for waivers. Anyone got anything else? You got any kickers, Murph? Or we completely given up? No. Um... It's tougher kickers because everyone's missing all over the shop. Um, when you've got a kicker hitting four uprights in in a game, or you've got it. Uh, <laughs> you've got you know can't kick a Zaro who can't kick a ball to save his life. Um, does he still have a job? I mean, he was with the Cardinals was it a season or two ago. Jets. I've I've literally got my alerts on. I'm just waiting any minute to tell me that he's gone because if he makes it through to the next week, then I want to know what kind of dirt he's got in the organization because he must have something. <laughs> yeah for all that money he's getting paid so um, I think with kickers it's really tough there's no one really stand out I guess if I'm if I'm going for consistency um, Josh Lambeau would be the one for me if he's still available uh, he missed his first uh, field goal he was perfect through the season until this week but he has only missed one kick all season so um, if the Jags we know they'll probably score a few points in Steeler country might be worth a, a go Ah, winners and losers. Murph, you're top of the list. Carry on talking. So my winner this week is is David Johnson. It's been really frustrating. Uh, we talked about this, what seems like forever and a day ago, but actually it was only about six weeks ago. Um, we gave you advice on this podcast to trade for DJ where possible. It will take some time, but he'll be up and running for the playoffs, and that's really what you're looking for. So if you could take that short-term hit, live through it, now's the time he really starts getting going, and it's really paid off. So... Um, you know, 180 odd scrimmage yards, two TDs. He's he's relevant on both sides of the ball now. 90 odd on the ground, 80 odd in the in the air. Um, left, which has really got him to be relevant, which is amazing to see. Rosen looks more comfortable. They finally worked out how to use him. It's brilliant to see. So, for all of us, David Johnson owners that have been on him for ages, waiting for production like this. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. So, yeah, really happy. And then my loser is the Jacksonville Jaguars as a whole. So I don't I, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise, um, but there was too much hype on them this year. I didn't fancy him to be a playoff team, no matter how weak the division was, or I thought they might steal it, but it's not a great division. But they're they're finished now. Three and six after losing to the Colts. They had I mean, people were talking about Saxonville and all this amazing stuff they did last year. Let's not forget they won of all their games last year, they played 18 games. No, 19 games last year. So they played 19 games, including the postseason, and they won three that were teams that were above 500, which was the Steelers twice and the Seattle Seahawks towards the end of the season. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everyone they beat were under 500 teams in a poor division. They weren't as great as people thought they are. This year, now against better opposition, they've kind of been shown for what they are. So I think it's sad because there were a lot of people's picks to go to the playoffs. Yep. because of how bad the division was and because of this Saxonville malarkey but you know they need a quarterback they need some pieces now they need to seriously think about moving on from Fournette or doing something different uh, Hyde isn't going to do the job they've got some volatile defensive players there that they need to do something with because they've lost they've lost their swagger uh, you can't be fighting over unpaid bar bills and uh, there's a lot of nasty noise that comes out of that dressing room from time to time so they for me are uh, losers and to be honest I, I really don't want them to go back to where they were a few years ago which was irrelevant as a franchise I really hope that they can get their issues sorted in the off season but I would keep Marone I think he's done a good job yeah Nick winners and losers uh, my winner this week is the Cleveland Browns who uh, came up with a win against what we had kind of thinking was a bit of a resurgent Falcons team they've just won three on the bounce 
Um, Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb both had great games. Uh, Mayfield, who I can add is my uh, was my QB ad last week, uh, had three touchdown passes, uh, finished uh, 17 of 20 for 216 yards with a QB rating of 151, and in doing so became the second Brown in the Super Bowl era to compete, complete 85% of his passes with at least 20 attempts. Interestingly enough, what I particularly liked was in the press afterwards, he said, uh, when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous, um, which is something, <laughs> something I think I might introduce into my morning meetings in, in future. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, so, so I've got the, the Browns this week and um, exciting to see them, them do OK. Uh, my loser is Cody Parker. Uh, Cody Parkey. Is it Cody Parkey or Cody Parker? Parkey. <laughs> Uh, Bears kicker who uh, who managed to hit the uprights with all four of his uh, of his attempts. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, talking of your one in four thousand and ninety six chances, I'd be interested to know what the chances of hitting the the uprights are. Um, I don't think anyone's hit the upright four times in a season. That might be something worth researching. Oh no, didn't Green Bay's guy have a good go the other day? That's true. Yeah. Mason Crosby had a fair crack at it. Not four times, I don't think. But he got two, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah, really unfortunate. Eh, when it's not your day, I hope he doesn't lose his job over that. I can't imagine he will. He's been pretty good. Yeah, he just cost me this week, so cheers, Cody. My winners, I've got Corey Davis. Everybody knows I'm a bit of a Davis fanboy. Still waiting for his shirt to go up on the studio wall, but it will. Had a career day. Best regular season game of his life. Seven receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. Mariota clearly looked his way, and why wouldn't you? With a man of his skill, is he came out of Michigan as well, not not Central. Western, but anyway, yeah. So Corey Davis had a good and and like I've said, their schedule isn't horrendous going forward. So if Corey Davis, he might be there. If you drafted him early, like I did, and you've got him for the playoff run, he might see you through in a sneaky sort of way. I yeah, they got the Jets this week, so fire up your Corey Davises. No, they don't. They got Tennessee, the Houston, sorry, then the Jets, like you said. Yeah. So fire up your Corey Davis, and then my loser, (laughs) the aforementioned Jets. They're just. Absolutely shocking. They're so much better with Sam Darnold, but they shouldn't be because Darnold should be behind McCowan learning. McCowan looked out of sorts. You can't blame him. It was his first game under centre this season. I've got a few stats here. McCowan only threw for 135 yards and two interceptions. And I think if you take off the sack yards, it was 106 or 16, something like that. So they lost 20 yards just from just being sacked. Their O-line, as proven, is pretty poor. And the next stat I'm going to give you is their rushing off of the O-line, which their rushing leader was Trenton Cannon. Anyone ever heard of him? No. <laughs> if you read my piece earlier in the season, you know who he was. In the off-season, he fumbled two punts. Um, they put him in as their punt returner, and the first two punts he received, he fumbled them both. So they took him off. But he was their rushing leader with only four, 30 yards of four attempts, which, as yards per carry, weren't bad, but uh, you need more than that for me leading Russia. And... They only had 83 yards of total rushing in the games. Everything is just not working all over the field. Their D is good, but when your offense is as bad as that, like we've seen with Jacksonville, this is just the worst situation than Jacksonville. And unfortunately, Todd Bowles has to go. It's not going to be before the end of the season. No. So, yeah, go green, wait until next year, and use your draft pick well. I think it's interesting. I think Black, Black Monday, we've mentioned it a few times on the pod, it's still a few weeks away, but I think there's going to be quite a lot of candidates for people losing their jobs and uh, it's always a really sad day in the NFL um, even if you're a supporter of one of those teams like I've said in the podcast I would like Carter to go and I think it's time it still doesn't make it easy but um, I think Todd Bowles is, is definitely one of those we we on the pod last week talked about our five candidates and other than McCarthy I don't think anyone did themselves any good I know Vance Joseph was on by um, it looks like John John Harbaugh's going as well. Really? So it looks like they're going to do something at the end of the season. For the Ravens. I thought that was very difficult for the Ravens to do because if he goes, he'll essentially inevitably go to the Browns, who are their big divisional rivals. Like. It depends who the Browns hire. I, I think at the end of the day here, you it's going to be really interesting. I don't think Harbaugh's a good fit for the Browns. I don't, you know they've had too many of these defensive-minded coaches. I know Hugh Brown, uh, Hugh Jackson was more of an offence-minded coach, but we all know how that kind of worked. I don't think for the identity that they have or are looking to build with people like Baker and mm. Chubb that that would be a good fit. I'm not saying he's not a bad coach. He's probably a better fit for someone like Tampa where they need a strong defensive identity, maybe even the Jets. 
I think he'll get a job. I don't think he goes to the Browns. And who knows? But it does sound like there is going to be the marriage there is going to be broken up. Um, all the noise that's coming out. I think there's always, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. But it's definitely going to be five or six head coaches here that are going to lose the jobs on that day. And when they do, we'll start the merry-go-round. So, but yeah, Todd Bowles for me, he's, he's done. Five years. You can't really have longer than that. We talked about it on Thursday. So it's, yeah. it's a shame. But the Jets need... You, you almost want at this stage quite a young uh, offensive-minded coach yeah. in the mould of a McVeigh. Yeah, go get somebody from college. Somebody who's rocking the college scene. There's, There's plenty of good candidates yeah. there. The problem is being a college coach is being a college coach, you'll earn more money, you'll have more control, and you become more immortal. But people see college football as this well, it's entry level into the NFL. It's It's got a bigger TV audience if you go to a big enough school. You know, with, with college football, you've got Nick Saban, for example. Nick Saban will never leave Alabama. Or if he does, it's only because he's bored. But there's no NFL job that is, for him, bigger than the Alabama job. He'll get paid more at Alabama. He's mortalized there. He can win national title after national title. And he's playing to a bigger TV audience, a bigger market share. It's a huge job. It's not like university here where no one watches the sports. It's the television audience is so much larger than the NFL. And I, coming from somebody who knows almost nothing about college football, is the skill set very similar? I mean, is there much more of a kind of people management element in a in a college football head yeah, coach job? It's actually a lot more to it because not only are you dealing with just players and the coaching staff, but you know they've got to keep up their eligibility. So it's attendance to classes. It's their grades. It's arranging their extra tuition. It's filling in their class behind that so obviously you see that sort of stuff on the kind of no chance you community college type place but is that i mean with an organization the size of alabama or something is is that not just kind of pushed down to some lackey who it is but you still have to be part of the meetings so you're talking about the head coach of a football team so you're talking someone like nick saban there is day-to-day involved with the administration part as well as Mm. i mean yeah he'll have people that will do the majority of the work but you're managing 90 kids Mm. You know, and at the end of the day, it's such a crucial part of their life because not all these kids are going to go and play in the NFL. In fact, very few of those those kids will. Yeah, and it's about nurturing your top talent to make sure that they continue to play. But it's also the other kids you've still got a responsibility for the walk-ons, the people that are just happy to be there on the team, knowing they're going to go on and do something else. Mm-hmm. So there's so much you've got to do and so much you've got to care for at a really crucial time, and you're. You're building these expectations. And don't forget, you're dealing with kids who are still developing and still learning, but they're not being paid. Yeah. So when it gets tough and you've lost a game or you've lost two games, all right, maybe not in Bama's case, but someone like uh, Ohio State, for example, that's a tough gig to get these players motivated because they don't have a paycheck to fall back on. Yeah. It's about future prospects and it's tough. And you've got players like Nick Bosa now going, I'm done. I'll, I've done enough to get in the NFL. I'll take my chances. Yeah. I'm not going to play anymore. So that's that's what's tough. So I think the job is a it's a heck of a lot more rewarding. Mm. And you know everyone knows who Nick Saban is. Yeah, I think if he goes and coaches the Ravens, I mean he coached Miami for a bit. I mean he he's the man responsible for passing on Drew Brees for Dante Culpepper. So his time in the NFL is very mild. Well, it's not mild, but it's just he was just a guy in the NFL. He was a coach. Ten years from now. Some of these coaches in the NFL that with Dirk Cutter, for example, unless you're a Bucks fan or you're listening to this podcast 10 years from now, in which case, cheers, thanks very much. Um, you're not going to know who this guy is because he's not going to appear on, he's not going to get any more head coaching roles, probably. And he's not really going to make, he's not made an impact in the NFL for all intents and purposes. So your, your opportunity to be at your best is much harder in the NFL. And then for the money that you get compared to what you get in colleges, it's just, yeah, I'll, I'll sit at Bama at nine, ten million dollars a year, with a system completely set up with the scouting and the recruitment and bringing in a new recruitment class. So and the best team sense. in college football at the moment by yeah. a mile. Yeah, Urban Meyer, Ohio State, similar. Yeah. So anyway, that was my piece. No, enjoyed it. Right, guys, it's that time everybody's been waiting for. Murph promised an absolute firestorm at the beginning. Murph, over to you. So it starts, starts and builds up. I love like that. A great crescendo. Um, crescendo even. So Todd Gurley has scored a touchdown in every game this season. So he joins uh, Hall of Famer OJ Simpson, more famously known for his uh, indiscretions in the 90s. 
Hall of Famer Lenny Moore in 1964 and Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch in 1951 as the only players in NFL history to score one scrimmage touchdown in 10 consecutive games to start the season. So no one's done it in nearly 50 years. Has anybody gone more than 10? Very good question. You don't know, do you? I do not know. Marvellous. Look forward to that next week. So yeah, maybe fill you in next week. Well, if if Gurley scores again, then he will have done 11. Well, that's it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Tom Brady um, channeled his Jerry Rice, his inner, gener- uh, inner Jerry Rice. Um, so with his fourth quarter in, uh, reception, Brady, who is 41, became the oldest player with a reception since Hall of Famer Jerry Rice had 30 receptions during his age 42 season, which segues nicely to Larry Fitz. So mentioned earlier that he became second in all-time receiving yards to Jerry Rice. He's averaging 70.4 receiving yards per game during his career. At this rate, he would need to play 99 more games to carry Jerry, uh, to catch Jerry Rice's total. So he's only got to play 99 more games at his record at his average pace. Wow! So if we think he's going to do it, then I'm <laughs> sure you can find someone that will find a line to take that on. My last one, and I I love this stat. It's probably my favorite one of the season. So Raiders punter Johnny Townsend reached a top speed of 20.48 miles per hour on his 42-yard run fake uh, fake punt. So it's faster than any speed for Alvin Kamara or Kareem Hunt as a ball carrier this season. What a baller. Man, Johnny Townsend's got juice. <laughs> He's got juice. So you've got a punter who can run faster than Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, but how much How much of that was adrenaline when he knows he's been called on to fake punt rather than punt? I, I, it doesn't matter if it's adrenaline. No. Listen, you could ask me out there. And yeah, but I'm you're not, not running that fast. <laughs> <laughs> is. So that's my uh, really deep niche stat, which you probably won't hear on any other podcast. Do you know so. how much slower that was than Dalvin Cook's high-speed record of the season last week? Not the last week, two weeks ago. Uh, two, three miles an hour? Yeah, probably. Don't yeah, know. Dalvin Cook came back off of his <laughs> hamstring injury and ran the fastest speed of anyone in the NFL this season. That's which, mad. Which I thought was nice for him going forward. That's that. That was Murph on the Streets, and so it was a very good one. Made up for last week's mediocrity at best. Well, I thought I had to come back with a barnstormer. <laughs> and you did. As we mentioned earlier on, guys, it may just be me next week. If Sparky can't make an appearance, Nick's on holiday, Murph's away, it might just be me. It will probably be me and Sparky because I'll go around to his house and drag him here if needs be. <laughs> Guys, this has been absolutely awesome. We've stretched well over the hour mark, which is always good. <laughs> Content a- heavy. Content talk about. heavy. Go find the podcast on all your favourite listening platforms because we are everywhere. And then follow us on socials at 5 Yard Rush, where you'll find out that Central Michigan become following us. That's just going to happen. I can feel it. We're going to work on it. Hashtag fire those cannons. But until next week, guys, it's been fun. Nick, enjoy your holiday. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Murph, enjoy your time away. Thanks very much. Looking forward to a few days away with the wife. Well, both of you have fun. I'll be here holding down the Five Yard Rush studio. But until next week, guys, keep rushing. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.